0: This is CliffCentral.com. Richard, are we on track with the financial pack for my presentation to the board next week? Well, hopefully. The team's very short-staffed, and it's taking such a long time to find a suitable financial manager for the division. We're way behind on all our forecasts and reporting. Why don't you speak to the finance team? They're a consultancy that can help you with an experienced interim financial manager. You can have somebody to help you almost immediately. They'll hit the ground running with no long-term contracts and no upfront placement fees. Go to thefinance Welcome to the business section of our business masterclass. I'm Richard Angus, CEO of the Finance Team, your part-time financial executive solution. Joining me in studio as part of our panel is Leandi Streter, a business coach and guide from Race Welcome, Landy. Thank you, Richard. Hi, Andy. And Cynthia Skuman of the Ethics Monitor staying on from the previous show. Thank you. Nice to have you with us. Our guest on the line is Dr. Yannette Menard of Pro Ethics. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us today.
1: Thank you.
0: Great. So one of the conversations that we've been having is this whole question of ethics, and we've we've actually decided we're not allowed to use the word ethics training. It needs to be ethics conversations because that's a real, you know, training is almost implying you have to give somebody knowledge of something that they don't know. And the view in the room in the first part of the show was actually everybody knows what needs to be done. It's a case of do they know how to get it done and what to what to do in certain circumstances. Now in it you've got experience in the legal space, I understand, in terms of specifically the whole context of some international legislation around things like bribery and boards and exec- and educating boards and executives around some of their responsibilities and duties and obligations around pieces of legislation in the, let's call it wider ethical space. Can you just share with us a little bit of context in terms of some of the work that, that you do and some of the things that you, you find in that space. Of
1: course, Richard, um, it's interesting. to the years, we've seen ethics principles um, which could easily be regarded as a soft issues, if I may use that term, being written into legislation. And one of the most prominent places we see that is in the anti-corruption legislative environment all over the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, most of these anti-corruption laws are also extraterritorial in its jurisdiction, mm-hmm. which it simply means that irrespective of where the crime the bribe is faced or received, one may be prosecuted by whichever jurisdiction can establish authority over you. Mm. So... One of the most far-reaching pieces of legislation we saw in the past few years is the new UK Bribery Act. I call it new, although it's dating from 2010, because we saw the implementation and now also um, the fines of verdicts in terms of this act coming into play the past few years. So the UK Bribery Act is very broad in its scope and now introduces potential criminal liability. Or acts of bribery committed by employees or agents, even where a company was unaware that someone is acting as an agent is paying a bribe for them, and they specifically then say the company has a duty, a general duty, to prevent corruption and bribery from taking place. In other words, if one turns it around, that the company needs to ensure that its affairs is managed and performed in an ethical way, honestly, with integrity.
0: Now, I listen to what you're saying, and my alarm bells are just ringing with some of the people who found themselves on the front pages of many of the dailies of, of South Africa recently. I mean, you know, you have to, I have to ask myself the question, and I'm going to ask it straight. I mean, mm-hmm. does somebody like KPMG find themselves potentially exposed here with, with, with that sort of legislation or not?
1: One could, if, I haven't studied the detail of the fact, and of course being a, being a lawyer it's always important to look at the full context, but broadly speaking, any company or a director of a company or a senior manage, manager, in South Africa, the Companies Act now created the category of prescribed officers, mm-hmm. basically referring to any senior person in the company who's in charge of what is called a significant portion of the business. Now that's a very subjective term and we still need to see how widely the courts interpret that. So a senior manager in charge of the part of the business authorizes or looks the other way when the driver's paid. Mm. Um, and that in terms of our companies acting South Africa already makes you potentially liable and not only liable in terms of company having to pay a fine or being fine, also now in one's personal capacity. Mm. So a wave goodbye to the family farm.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I well I always uh, you know I always go the you know orange is the new black, um, <laughs> you know the 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 orange jumpsuit uh, activities as I call them, you know the stuff that gets people put in jail. Um, th- those are the yeah. things that get need to get people's attention. And I, and I guess you know I mean and we everybody's picking on them, so let's pick on somebody else. Um, you know you look at the the um, you know the the Saps and the McKinseys of the world. Um, You're looking at, I mean, I look at, and one of my questions is, you know, we look at the CFO of Eskom. I mean yeah. there very clearly we have issues going down very, very clearly, and there 's you know all sorts of statements being made this way and that i mean uh, reality the 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 Companies Act applies to state owned enterprises as it does to anybody else, so you know yeah. anybody in in any of these types of state owned entities et etc is still subject to the same requirements mm-hmm. et cetera now i I mm-hmm. guess the the the, the question i 'd have is. You know, you you were talking now about legislation in this uh, in in the United Kingdom. I know there's, um, you know, for, for uh, prevention of foreign corrupt practices acts in the United States, um, you know, the local, you know, obviously from the Companies Act stuff locally. Um, are we seeing an increase in prosecutions coming from these various pieces of legislation, or is this a little bit of a wait and see still? Are we still in the honeymoon?
1: No, I don't think so. We've already back in November 2015, we saw a judgment at the High Court in London that, um, had issued the third, the third prosecution agreement, and um, called the DPA, and that was approved by a court. It was thereby agreed that the UK's serious fraud office, and they've got real peace, and ICBC Standard Bank, um, was found guilty of Certain transgressions. Um and that was, basically that was found um, guilty of a transgression of section 7 of, 7 of the UK Library Act, in terms of which they failed to, two executives failed, uh, as a third party financial institution, um, failure to prevent bribery. And in this case what was quite interesting is that there was no real focus On the fact that they actually knew and knowingly participated in the offence of bribery. But the fact that the inadequate system in place presents the bribery in itself already made them then guilty. Mm. Um, So that's interesting. The court specifically referred to the fact that the applicable policy to prevent bribes from being paid was unclear and it wasn't reinforced or implemented effectively. And they also also, said training <laughs> did not provide sufficient guidance um, about relevant obligations and the procedure. Mm. The fine that we saw was significant.
0: What numbers were we looking at?
1: The of penalty was thirty-two point two million euros. Mm. Yeah. Sure,
0: that's a that's a that's a little bit of a a significant one um that's a
1: hefty fine. That's, oh, a, okay.
0: that's a that's a fairly hefty fine to get somebody's attention okay. uh, just
1: to add injury you know insult to injury um, the company also has to pay the costs for from the serious um, Fraud office for the investigation which is yeah, <laughs>
0: 1000
1: pounds in this case I, sure. I, I,
0: lo- uh, I love that uh, love that you have to pay for the guys yeah. that 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 uh, give you a give you a hiding. <laughs> uh, it's like having to pay the traffic department the cost of the speed <laughs> trap. Hey, <Yeah.
1: laughs> I would but think uh, that's only fair. And I mean, it brings one back to the Aspen scenarios. I mean, there's been more than one of those recently. Where my question, always is to the public and you know civil activism. You say, at what point are we going to start holding private and public sector entities accountable hmm. for, for, for wasting our money and in a private company's case for deriving our economic growth you know, from that, um, you know, hmm. taking away share owner value, etc. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think we quite clearly have seen what the response is in the Bell Pottinger case hmm. in terms of where, where that company has ended. I mean, it is no more. Purely on the, uh, and uh, I'm I'm reminded of the of the comments that you know somebody made. They said, you know, in the rest of the world, people would sit back and go, um, you know, this is just totally unacceptable. When you get to South Africa, we really – when we get irritated with an international play, we really go to town on it. And I mean it's quite clear in the Bell Pottinger case. There was a, a massive social uprising against that. What it, What is really interesting uh, for me is I look at it and I go, well, massive reaction to Bell Pottinger, yet we don't seem to be having the same – Local mm. reaction to what's going on locally with our own politicians and people in local companies—it's just—it it is quite scary. What, what also amazes yeah. me—and I mean, I—I have, uh, unfortunately, because of my my background and, and uh, industry, we I'm very obviously very close to what's going on in the KPMG mm. space and watching that well. with 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 very close eyes because of its impact on my profession. And I I have to ask myself the question, you know, w- w- why are we not seeing more action from the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants against, for example, the then CEO of KPMG who was involved in the whole scenario with, with, with the Guptas uh, and the Oakby and the wedding, you know, the wedding planning, uh, part, <laughs> uh, the wedding planning audit, uh, as we call it. Um, you know, wh- where is the action on the ground locally in South Africa against the CFO, the suspended CFO of uh, of, of Eskim? Why are we not seeing very public engagement happening? Um, you know, we uh, and I, yeah, I, I must say I've been bitterly disappointed. And, you know, we we've seen uh, people like uh, Iraj Obedian uh, mm. act quite decisively. Wonderful. Um, against, you know, in his role as a board member at Munich Re, he felt that they should be reconsidering that relationship very strongly Mm -hmm. and they, and he felt they didn't give it the due credence and he stepped down from that board. Um, you know, you've seen other entities, um, I saw the other day that the, um, Parliamentary Parliamentary um, com- uh, Medical Aid yes, Fund yes. has, has yeah. now rejected KPMG. Um, yeah, but s-
3: Richard, that's a delicious irony given the absence of political will to, to pursue the many, many misdemeanors at all the state-owned entities. So I, I didn't yeah. miss the irony of yeah, that I, one. No, they're, <laughs>
0: they're, I, I, I will say one thing. If there's one thing you can learn from ethics in yeah. this country – is that irony is in play?
2: <laughs> Indeed,
0: <laughs> um, But I mean, I look yeah. at all of this and I go, "My goodness, people! Um, you know what? What is it? You know, if, if you've got the UK, the US, and and many other countries really, you know, pushing the elements of things like bribery and corruption and and ethics engagements, you know, yeah. are we doing enough? Because I, I mean, you know, and I must say, just remember, we're not the only country in the world with our little litany. I mean, you just look at some of the other countries around the world. Yes. I mean, I, Brazil. Think, I, think, I think our friends in yeah. Brazil kind of, you know, seem to top it off there with, with us in terms of issues and, and commentaries and, and, and mm-hmm. the likes. But my goodness, we seem to have. More than our fair share. I mean, somebody the other day joked with me. They said, Abba Mungani, the gift that keeps on giving. Every week there's another round of email expose. Um, You know, are we doing enough at the, let me call it, conversational ethics level? So we're, we're talking about, you know, ethics conversations as opposed to ethics training are we doing enough at that senior board level? I mean, you, you, you're dealing with senior executives in terms of, you know, the international legislation, et cetera. Are they sitting there worrying about this or not?
1: So I think what's quite interesting for me in many of the cases if not the majority. We are, I have a conversation, a first conversation with boards of directors and executives. Many of them are completely uninformed of the potential repercussions of transgressions in terms of not just playing a bribe, but ethics failure. For example, mm-hmm. what the companies don't have adequate policies in place, and those who did often fail in not making it you known no to communication. It's not implemented, it's not enforced, there's no action, it's never spoken about in the company, um, employees don't receive any feedback, we instituted disciplinary action and criminal sanction against, for example, Someone who stole from us, who paid a bribe, who was unethical, et cetera. Um, So, there's all of those failures, firstly. Often, they are quite unaware of that. Secondly, just in terms of the legislative potential negative impact that it could have in terms of the prosecution, many of our South African big companies have some sort of business interests in the UK. Um, Be it a registered officer, being a transaction that one has with a joint venture partner or any contract that's paid, for example, in dollar, well, in this case, in pounds. Um, And that immediately makes the UK authorities, uh, you know, it gives them jurisdiction. And that's what I'm seeing, is many of my clients are not being prosecuted locally, but they're being prosecuted abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one hears these types of of penalties that I've just mentioned earlier in the Mm -hmm. bank case. Um, And that is scary also to to my clients. But apart from that, um, if I go one step back just quickly, one must bear in mind that we have almost three levels of – I use a a very simple little diagram. The first is what does the law allow? Mm -hmm. Is it legal? May I do this? (laughs) I can make money by selling drugs, but it's illegal. So that's an ethical question, right? The Mm -hmm. second one is, what do our company policies and procedures allow? Is it do business at any cost, even if it means paying a bribe as long as we make money? Or do we have adequate procedures in place to prevent wrongdoing from happening in the first place? And then thirdly, do we have as a company a strong ethics statement, a strong set of core values that bind us as employees together and that create that aspired standard of Behavior for all of us working in this organization so that we know even if the policy doesn't address this type of behavior, it's still wrong to be a racist. It's still wrong to, you know, to do something that's unethical and that, that, for example, harm my company's good name.
3: Yes.
1: And so those three, what the law allows, what our policies and rules allow, and what, what our company values allow. And many times I've seen that the board doesn't quite realize all they, they they might be very compliant, excellent compliance officers, excellent company secretaries strong legal you know they might have good h r departments that enforce the policies, but then they might lack a strong ethics office so the moment one has and that's the, the strongest part to have because that speaks to the ethical culture is the most important part yeah because the failure of an ethical culture immediately allows me to say, well, it's not forbidden by law, neither by a rule, so I take it that it's allowed. I'm
3: interested, Yannette, in what what your experience is around bribery where where there's so often the justification of saying, yes, but in X country, that's normal practice and it's the only way we can do business there. How do you find your your clients are dealing with that? Are they rationalizing it or or are they, in fact, applying the higher standards of of their country of origin?
1: I think um – I genuinely think that they are uninformed. I've been privileged to train all over Africa on anti-corruption legislation, from Tanzania, Botswana, and Nigeria, etc. And I am yet to come across an African country with the paying of a bribe allowed.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and and also extraterritorial jurisdiction. So even if the company gets away with paying a bribe somewhere on the African continent. The moment it has a transaction um, with some joint venture or, or for example, a, an American you know, partner or British you know, registered officer, etc, one is in trouble yes, because they may prosecute one for paying a bribe, for example, in mozambique yes, yeah. um, and that is a real danger and the moment one and i 've dealt with those cases, the cost of the fees of those types of criminal action brought against one, often comes very close to the fine itself. Mm. And it's incalculable. It's huge. And again, it brings us back to, as an employee, that should make me very unhappy because our company's not going to make profit next year because we have to pay. And our, our company have just been fined for, um, you know, unfair, you know, our parents fixing prices or colluding in the market. Yes.
0: Mm. No. You know, I, I listen to this and I think to myself, it, it, it's very clear that the the international community is is putting a, a stand in, and I think we've, we 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 we've seen that both locally as well. I mean, I'm very aware of of local companies that act very decisively around fraud and and, and bribery and corruption. That, um, but. Why, then, is this still such a topical conversation? Because it's almost like everybody's talking about the right thing to do. We all believe in the right thing to do. It's out there. The awareness is up. Yet people are still doing the wrong thing. I mean, it it, it almost feels like, you know, it's that that saying, like, against the tide, we choose to swim. You know, and, and, and you kind of go okay, it's clear, it's transparently obvious that there's, this is not acceptable, yet you guys are still proceeding down this road. Why do you mm. think people – or why is it that we're dealing with people that just, let me call it, kick against the system like this and, and still choose or try and run business this way? What's I think
1: the- it's – in their, I believe, uninformed opinions, mm. they think it's profitable – and, and it's short term, making short term profit. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I pay a quick bribe now, or I act a little bit unethical, for example, by labor, um, abuses, um, you know, as long as we make money this year. Um, so we know from ethics companies with very strong ethical cultures and all the, the empirical studies that are done and they are freely available that being ethical actually pains. Mm. Mm. And um, companies with an ethical culture make more money, bottom line. Yes. And those 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 sort of directors and managers, who sort of send unethical behaviour and criminal behaviour by playing rights are blatantly only looking after their own pockets, in my view. And I think it's time that we as as you know people of the country, be it as an employee, be it as a as a citizen, be it as you know a, a watchdog body, like for example. The Institute of accounts Accountants take a stand to say to those individuals, um, no, we won't tolerate that. I think.
3: Mm. Yeah. But but I also think all too often, if we look at some of the high-profile figures that have been named here in South Africa, I think the rewards are so vast that that they're they're trapped in in a system uh, that they just don't want to let go. And I I'm hoping it's the dying days, but but are hanging on to to sort of eke the last bit of of illicit reward out of the system.
0: Yeah, I mean I I'm must- a Say that I I look at all of this and, and, and listen to this and I think to myself, wow, you know, we we almost we almost have lip service, uh, you know, being being paid in many cases by and I mean, uh, let's be frank here. Look at the and I'm going to name them. Look at the Saps, the McKinseys. I mean, this is no, these are not state owned enterprises of South Africa. These are big yeah. corporate. Mm. Companies, yes, and they have so so clearly in this in our case overstepped the mark on on, on, on a multitude of issues. here. and and I kind of look at this and I go, okay, um, you know, they, they 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 proffer a a view or a perspective of hey, I we are the ethical consultants, McKinsey. Right. own. We are the ethical yeah. IT provider, SAP. Yet. You know, when I look at this, I go, how, how does the internal system allow this to play out? Because definitely, you know, it, it's happened clearly at a, at levels in the organization. Because if you were to go and pose this question to the CEOs of McKinsey's and SAP respectively, mm. I think they turn in their grave mm. with, a, with this type of, you know, they they just freak when they see this mm. kind of thing happening and, and putting their brands at this level of risk, et cetera. Yeah. Where, where does it go wrong? Because it it's clearly not going wrong at that, let's call it senior senior level, but it is going wrong somewhere between, let me call it the board of SAP and McKinsey's sitting wherever, and the country management in South Africa. It's clearly going wrong. It's sort of a,
1: a, I think that's why. Well, in my discussion with. Some of the authors of the New Companies Act, that, that became very clear why that second category of directors mm. were created in, in the definition of the prescribed officer. The prescribed in other words, officers. exactly that person. That person is just somewhere okay, a um, in an operation, yeah, with real power and real and and who is doing things they're not supposed to be doing. Mm. And it gets the entire company into trouble. I think if, if I also can go one step back. You know we can we can wave our arms, which we should be doing by all means, but we also need to see stronger um authorities involved in this. If one looks at the competition commissioner and oh well, you does have some challenges, et cetera but overall, I would you know view our view as them as quite successful um they they've been able to have you know some very good uh findings tribunal, the competition from the tribunal with, with penalties um, that had to be paid. Why do we still not have a dedicated party in South Africa specifically involved, you know, with the prosecution, not the other stuff, but the prosecution of corruption? Mm. Um, I made such a proposal many, many years ago already my to say, and, and that's why the serious thought of a, in the UK, so successful. Um, they have the resources, the ability, the experts, the training to be able to investigate, for example, a McKinsey case, um, get the evidence and prosecute, not just finding people, but sending them to jail.
2: Mm,
3: yeah. And I think
1: if we can start seeing that in the newspapers, that, that'll encourage all of us that, you know, it doesn't pay to be dishonest.
3: Mm. yeah but but political will is a prerequisite
0: mm. yeah. yeah clearly clearly yeah.
3: just as a and, matter you of know, just as a matter of interest, are people in those positions, so one would think that that they are aware and that they are um, you know seasoned um, executives, etc., in these powerful positions to hold, make important decisions. How aware are they of the liability of making the wrong or the not right position, uh, decision? And then the other thing is, are they aware of the personal risk? So, you know, we sometimes have to take a step back and self-reflect. Are people really aware of the personal risk? I don't think
1: they genuinely are. I think the the typical thing that happens to the company is, you know, there's some sort of a, a communique that goes out. Oh, Guys, note there's been a change to the legislation. Don't do the following. And when I certainly when I address many of the boards, I can I can clearly see, and they tell me afterwards, really thank you. This is an eye opener to us. And we're glad that we've been sensitised to the, to, you know, about this risk. I don't mm-hmm. think they know. Since, yeah, I, I think there's a level, and I think even those who do know, um, perhaps it is that you know. I don't want to know. Mm. I'd rather rationalize it. Um, <laughs> if I know, it, it makes me liable. Yeah. And that's an old fashioned way of thinking. What, what we used to say, and that's what the new personal liability does, it brought in a subjective level at least as well. Previously, it was objectively. Did you know? Can we prove that you know? You knew about this. If we can't bring the evidence, well, then clearly you had no intent to do wrong in, in the criminal law. Now, it brings in a subjective test. And it now says test Perhaps you can convince us that you didn't know, but in fact, the reasonable person in your position should have known. Mm. In other words, you're being negligent and reliable.
0: Yeah, and there's that negligence element. Dr. Yannette Munar, thank you very much for the insights that you've shared with us. I think there's, de- there's definitely, you know, the old saying, buyer beware. My comment would be, executives. Beware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Business owners, Lifeline. beware. The, the legislative framework has changed. The world of ethics has moved significantly. And yes, please remember orange is not the new black. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Annette <laughs> Menard, thank you very, of Proethics. Thank you very much for your time today. We really do appreciate your insights. Next up, the youth leadership platform. This is CliffCentral.com.
2: Cliff